Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. Today and tomorrow, we'll enter into a little mini-series on the passage in John chapter 4 on the Samaritan woman. Today, we'll focus on verses 4 to 26 And tomorrow, we'll have verses 27 to 42. So let's hear from St. John's Gospel, the Samaritan woman. Jesus had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to drink water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But your people say the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman. The hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the anointed. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, this first half of the Samaritan woman story is so powerful, yet a very familiar passage for many of us. First and foremost, 
seems like it's a fluke encounter at the well. And yet you can see that God had a plan to meet this woman so that she can be an example for me and for you and for all of us that God's ways are not human ways. This is what's called a God instance. We don't believe in flukes. We believe that everything happens for a reason. And as such, this woman came to understand that she went to the well because she's thirsty. She would have never thought she'd meet God. So what must we understand first and foremost is that for Jews and Samaritans, they would not mix. They definitely wouldn't talk to one another, especially if the Samaritan was a woman. Women were not to be spoken to unless first spoken to by a man. And even as such, she still should not address a Jewish man, for she is seen as less. Now, thankfully, we've come a long way as a society, although in some parts of the world this is still the case, sadly. But for Jesus, he gives her a respect that she's not used to receiving. Jesus wants her and all of us to understand that this segregation or prejudice that sometimes we experience against a group of people, a gender, a population, an age group, it has nothing to do with the way God sees the world. God sees the world in such a healthy way that he encourages us all as equals, male, female, Every single human being is God's favorite. And so we are to give them the respect that is their human dignity as a daughter and son of God, whether they acknowledge God or not. For the Samaritan woman, she is so focused on the task at hand. Think of how many times she would have gone to the well to get water for herself or her family. The regular mundane task for her becomes a life-changing event. How many of us have had a similar experience in which perhaps a very mundane everyday activity was where God chose to use it and transform us as an individual or perhaps as a collective? Can you think of an event in your life that you went into thinking it was going to be ordinary and God made it extraordinary? Can you think of a time in your life in which God used perhaps somebody you've spoken to thousands of times and all of a sudden given them words to help you in such a profound way that you would never forget what they shared with you in that conversation? Is there a time on a retreat, in a homily, during a holy hour, a prayer of the rosary, or perhaps some other prayer experience in which God has touched your heart in a way that has transformed you forever? For many of us, friends, the example and the witness of the woman at the well is our life too. For some of our listeners, God may give us a similar situation down the road when we least expect it. Are we going to be open like the Samaritan woman was in her encounter with Jesus? When Jesus is talking about living water, I hope that all of us recognize the fact that living water is much greater than our thirst in this life. 
on a beautiful, warm, sunny day as the heat comes upon us and makes us feel good in one aspect. We know that if we sit in the sun too long, we could become dehydrated and create other problems. Jesus is talking about living water of a different kind. It is only God who can quench our thirst. Recall the words of St. Augustine. Our souls are restless, Lord, unless they rest in thee. There are so many different ways to talk about this desire to have an inner peace, but a peace that can only be experienced by God touching us and we respond to his first movement. The Samaritan woman would do anything to stop going to the well every day. How many times did she have to go to the well each day as part of her daily chores? I'm sure if there was a daily chore that you didn't enjoy, perhaps vacuuming, cleaning the dishes, making lunch, whatever. If God could take that away for the rest of your life, wouldn't you jump at the opportunity? She begins to see this encounter at surface level, but Jesus wants her to look at it at a much deeper level. And he wants us to see it as a much more deeper level. This living water has ties to baptism and also that we are fed by God's word and sacrament. This also talks about eternal life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When we do as he has commanded us, we become self-gratified for we know we are doing what is pleasing to God. The woman is interested, and so are we. Who wouldn't want this living water to never be thirsty again? And yet, God's expectation of us, friends, is that we not only drink the water, but use the grace that comes from it to be able to enhance our lives on a daily basis. It's so vital for us to understand this truth is not just reserved for the Samaritan woman, but God gives his grace freely to each of us. Are we willing to step out and receive that grace? When Jesus speaks about her life, it makes the woman know that he's not just some ordinary guy making some bold statements. Rather, Jesus has the ability, because he's God, of course, to peer into her life and to her soul. He knows everything about her. He knows her more than she knows herself. And so by speaking about the whole husband issue, just shows that how could Jesus truly know about her life situation? Of course, she's going to know. But knowing that she's talking to, in her mind, a stranger, how would he know all this about her? They don't live in the same community. They don't share similar friends. There's no way that Jesus would know what he knew about her unless he was the person he's speaking of. Indeed, he is the person who he says he is. So for the woman, this is yet another sign in the Gospel of John that Jesus is God. This divine nature of Jesus helps us to understand that Jesus looks into our souls too. Like the woman Sometimes we can be like Jonah and so many others who run from God, and yet God doesn't want us to do that. Rather, he wants us to come to him. 
so that he can free us from our thirst and give us this life-giving water. How is God peering into your soul right now? Is there an area or a situation that God wants each of us to work on at this time? Is this something that we keep pushing off? Is it something that I push deep down? Is it something that I'm trying to avoid? Is it something that I don't want to deal with? And yet God is saying by dealing with it will allow you to enhance and experience life in a very profound way. The woman shows that she has a basis of faith and she was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. When Jesus identifies himself as the one whom she is waiting for, think about the impact that it's going to have upon her. And we're going to get to this in tomorrow's episode. If we truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is, then this transformative experience at the well between him and his daughter, the Samaritan woman, is a similar situation that each of us will have too. But we need to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to listen to Jesus, to hear his voice, and then to do as he's calling us to do. So may the experience of the woman at the well allow us some time to think about our daily encounter with Jesus. Every time we encounter him in prayer, every time we pick up the sacred scriptures and study them, every time we listen to this podcast, every time we receive him in Holy Communion, these are all powerful ways, although communion being the greatest, of course, in which how God speaks to us and touches us to feed us, to nourish us, and to quench our thirst. Recall on the cross, Jesus is quoted as saying, I thirst. His thirst is for souls. He wants your soul because he loves you more than anyone can ever imagine and wants to spend eternity with you so you can drink from that life-giving water. Friends, let's pray for one another this day. Let's pray that each of us have similar encounters that are transformative, just like the woman at the well had. Let's also pray for those who are reluctant to listen, sometimes ourselves, sometimes others we know. Let's ask God to open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to truly experience him and then to go out from the well experience as we'll talk about tomorrow's episode and be transformed like the Samaritan woman was in the scriptures. Lord, we thank you for being patient with us. We thank you for this beautiful encounter, which is a one-on-one. You always speak to us one-on-one. It's beautiful, unique call that each of us experience, sometimes very clearly, sometimes in a subtle way, are but reminders of your love for us. Lord, we thank you 
for being attentive to these details. Let's spend some time together, friends, today, thinking about how we encounter Jesus at the wells of our life, too. For God's Playbook, friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you, and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Budsprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.